We are in Come Follow Me, week 48, which is the book of Jonah and the book of Micah. And the thing that really stood out to me in the story that we are all so familiar with is this number three. And all of a sudden, as I focused on what we all acknowledge, these three days of Jonah down in the belly of the whale and Christ being three days in the tomb and what three means in scriptural language is complete, divine. We have the law of witnesses that the Lord gives that out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, all truth will be confirmed to us. The Godhead is three people. So three is divine. And as I centered on this three, thoughts came of other examples that we have of three in the scriptures. We have Alma the Younger, who was three days in virtually a coma. We have Nephi, who was tied up on the boat three days and on the fourth is released. And the reason I say it that way is it all brought back to mind last week's study when we were in Amos. In Amos chapter 1, verse 6, this was a scripture that we talked about. It says, Thus saith the Lord, for three transgressions and for four, I will not turn away the punishment thereof. And we talked about how God will not turn away consequences because he loves us and he wants us to become more. And that so dovetailed into the story of Jonah. And so I kind of want to go with that thought in mind as we move forward. So if we start in chapter one, verse three, it says, Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And we know you cannot flee from the presence of the Lord. And it's not, so often we act like that's because God is a vengeful God. It's not. It's because God cares so much and loves us so much. He allows consequences into our life so we will turn. His goal is that we all return to him. He wants all. So I love that. Verse four, it says, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. And so the question is, is God trying to punish Jonah? No, he's trying to give Jonah an opportunity to repent and to change and to turn back, change his course. Okay, so if you go to verse 12, it then says in that same chapter, chapter one, and he says to the people on the ship, the mariners on the ship, cast me forth into the waters of the sea. And immediately when they do, the waters are calm. They try to rode ashore, but when they throw him in, the waters are calm. And then it says in 17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And that shows the kindness of the Lord. Because what's going to happen those three days in the belly of the whale? You all know the story. Okay, so now at chapter two, as this Jonah starts to give us his thoughts and his words, we want to compare this with Alma the Younger, and as he talks to Helaman and tells his story. And we want to compare it to 1 Nephi chapter 18, where we hear about Nephi being tied up on the boat. So we're going to start in chapter 2, verse 2. And this is Jonah. And he says, I cried by reason of my infliction unto the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I unto the Lord, and thou heardest my voice. Okay, now I want to go to Alma 36, 
verses 10 through 13. And this is what it said. I fell to the earth and it was for the space of three days and three nights. I was struck with such great fear and amazement, lest perhaps I should be destroyed. I was racked with eternal torment. And I want to point out eternal means God's torment. That does not mean it lasts forever. It means it's God's. It's just, and there will be an end, probably at the end of three days, which means complete and divine. It's not an actual amount of time. It means God thinks it's sufficient. We have turned. Okay, verse 13. And I did remember all my sins and iniquities, which I was tormented with the pains of hell. I had rebelled against my God. Very, very similar to what Jonah is saying. So now go back to Jonah in verse 5. It says, The waters compassed me about, even to the soul. He feels doomed to destruction. Okay, that if you go over to Alma chapter 36, 17 and 18, further down there, it says, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins. I remembered also to have heard my father prophesy. Concerning one, Jesus Christ, a son of God, to atone for the sins of the world. Now, as my mind caught hold upon this thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. Um, and then if you go back to Jonah, verse 7, it says, Jonah says, When my soul fainted within me, remember he felt doomed to destruction, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, to thy holy temple. And he prays to God. So much similar to Alma, who seems to remember when Jesus Christ, whom his father has taught. Okay, now go in Alma 36, just a little further down, 19 through 21. And it says, I could remember my pains no more. Oh, what joy, what marvelous light I did behold. My soul was filled with joy. There can be nothing as exquisite and so bitter as were my pains. There can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. And if you go to verse 10, it says in Jonah, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah onto dry land. And then I want to end in Alma 36 with the story of Alma, verse 24. And it says, From that time even till now I have labored without ceasing that I might bring them to taste of the exceeding joy of which I did taste, and then go down to 27 and 28. And I have been supported under trials and troubles of every kind. God has delivered me from prison. I do put my trust in him, and he will still deliver me, and I will praise him forever. Okay, so we know Alma, because he's talking to his son, spent his life trying to let others feel the rem- the joy of repentance and forgiveness. He spent the rest of his life hoping others would feel that same mercy that God has shown him. And as we know in the story of Jonah, Jonah does not. He goes to this city and he preaches, to, he goes in to cry repentance to the people and the people repent. And then Jonah is so upset and it says in verse chapter 4, verse 2, it says, I pray thee, O Lord, this was, was this not my saying? When I was yet in my country, I fled, for I knew thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, of great kindness, and repentance of thy evil. He's upset that these people that he considers lower than him are forgiven. 
And the thing I love is in Mosiah 4, verse 19, this scripture, For behold, are we not all beggars? Do we not all depend on the same being, even God, for all which we have? And it goes into more detail there. But I love that. And if you go to the story in chapter 18 of 1 Nephi, of Nephi being bound on the boat, We'll start in verse 11. It said, The Lord did suffer that he might show forth his power. So Nephi is allowed. He's burst his bounds before. He's allowed to stay bound because the Lord wants to show Laman and Lemuel his power. He wants Laman and Lemuel to repent, to call on him, to come back. That is his goal for everyone. Do prophets suffer right along with the rest of us who aren't anywhere as good as they are? For all of the wickedness they do, they suffer it, but they allow it because their goal is the same as God's, and that is to bring all souls back to him. Okay, verse 13, it said, And when they were driven back on the waters for the space of three days, they began to be frightened exceedingly, lest they should be drowned in the sea. Now, they don't care, and we find that out in the chapter about the mom, the dad, the brothers, the sisters, the wife, the kids, none of that. They only care that they are about to be drowned in the sea. Verse 14, And on the fourth day, so for three transgressions and for four, some it takes beyond God's eternal torment beyond the time that God thinks is sufficient. Some it takes more. And on the fourth day, when we began to be driven back, the tempest began to be exceeding sore. My brethren began to see the judgments of God's were upon them. They must perish, save they repented of their iniquities. And so, and then 20, and there was nothing, verse 20, Save it were the power of God which threatened them with destruction that could soften their hearts. And then in 21, they loosen him. And Nephi says, I prayed unto the Lord. And after I prayed, the winds did cease, the storm did cease, and there was a great calm. And I'm sure a great joy, just as Alma describes it. So I love this because, again, it's that verse that God will not remove consequences. He loves us so much. It, also, another story is Nebuchadnezzar. Remember, we talked about he has the miracle of the food that Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel are so much healthier. They prove their God. By following his commandments, they will be wiser and healthier. Then they have Nebuchadnezzar is also given the miracle of Daniel not only remembers praise and is able to recall Nebuchadnezzar's dream, but he also gives him the interpretation thereof. And Nebuchadnezzar raises Daniel high up in the kingdom. And then the third miracle is when he casts Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, sees the fourth person walking in the fire with them, and their clothes don't even smell of fire. Three times God shows these powerful miracles to Nebuchadnezzar, hoping Nebuchadnezzar will realize he is God. And I love this example of, of repentance that Alma changes. Jonah does not. But that God continues to work with those who are beyond three. They're on the fourth, Laman and Lemuel. And wants all back. His arms are stretched out still. 
And I just want to close with this um, experience I had in the temple. I have never liked the story of the laborers in the vineyard. It has always bugged me. And I hate to even confess that. Um, So many people have explained it to me. And it's just never set right with me. And one day I was in the temple and I was doing initiatories on a woman and I got emotional and I hate to do that because I don't want to interfere with people and what they are feeling. And I was kind of praying in my head like, Heavenly Father, help me to get my emotions under control so that I don't interfere with what this woman's experiencing. And the Spirit said to me, look at the date on the card. And I looked at the card and it was from the early 1500s. And then I was really emotional. I thought this woman, most of the names that we get are 1800s earliest. I thought this woman has waited so long. And I said it to the woman and she said yes and nodded because it was a family name. And all of a sudden into my head came the thought, that is the laborers in the vineyard, Erin. You will not have any issue with anyone getting everything you have gotten your entire life, the blessings of the temple, the ordinance, the covenants, you will never have an issue with anyone who gets to get what you have. And that was such a beautiful thought. And that is what this story is about, that God wants all. Everything he does is for our good. And I want to end in Micah chapter 7, verse 7. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. He heard Jonah. He heard Alma the younger. He heard Nephi. He hears the prayers of everyone, all of his children. And then I love in 17 and, or 18 and 19, excuse me, who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? 19, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. What a beautiful, beautiful story as Jonah's sins are cast in the depths of the sea. And even he doesn't repent, but we don't have the rest of the story. I'm sure eventually he does. Nephi sees his brothers, Laman and Lemuel, cast their sins momentarily into the depths of the sea. They're going to have to do it again. Alma the Younger casts his sins. And what a beautiful example of complete repentance as he spends the rest of his life hoping everyone else will experience that forgiveness and that joy that he has felt. And that is the story. Don't take three days. Just learn to repent and turn to God. Everything he offers is for all. He wants us all. And I love that. I hope you know the church is true. And more than that, I hope you know how much our Savior loves you.